We're going to be looking at Mark chapter 4, verses 1 through 20, and this is on page 1005 in your church Bibles. Again, Mark 4, verses 1 through 20, on page 1005. Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered round him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it out on the lake, while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. He taught them many things by parables, and in his teaching said, Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came up and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil it came up, grew, and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. Then Jesus said, Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. When he was alone, the twelve and the others round him asked him about the parables. He told them, The secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to those on the outside, everything is said in parables, so that they may be ever seeing but never perceiving, and ever hearing but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. Then Jesus said to them, Don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes the word that was sown, takes away the word that was sown in them. Others, like seeds sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seeds sown among thorns, hear the word. But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like seeds sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop, some thirty, some sixty, some a hundred times what was sown." This is God's word. And we thank you. Uh, thank you for reading. Uh, please uh, do keep that open. Uh, if you're joining us, then we've been working our way through Mark's gospel uh, in this term. This term, the, the, these early chapters, uh, we'll uh, take a pause uh, in the spring and then come back to it in the summer, I think. But... Um, if you've been here, very familiar passages, lots of these very familiar, if you've been a Christian a while, and yet they don't lose their ability to uh, delight or indeed perhaps shock. 
Let me pray one more time and then we'll look at it together. Our great God and Father, we thank you and praise you that you are a speaking God, that this morning we hear the voice of the Lord Jesus addressing us. Our prayer is simple. Would you help us to listen for our good, for the honor of your name? Amen. To be honest, this is like really simple. The point is, listen. That's it. Okay. Listen. It's like the preacher's favorite passage, right? Listen. Uh, that's what Jesus is going to say. Um, so um, you get this scenario. The crowd's too big. He constructs a little uh, a pulpit, which is a boat on the lake. And he says, verse 3, listen. Listen to this. This is what you need to know. And um, it's slightly hidden in our translation, but you get the same verb in verse 9. Whoever has ears to listen, let them listen. We'll see next time in verse 23, the same point. If anyone has ears to listen, let him listen. Verse 24 of chapter 4, consider carefully what you listen or how you listen. Listen. It's really simple, right? Listen. I know how to listen. Well, actually, Jesus' parable says it's perhaps a little harder than you think. Or you certainly need to consider how you listen. Uh, given what we're looking at, I reread this little booklet uh, um, uh, in the week. Uh, so many will remember Christopher and Carolyn Ash, who were with us uh, for a while. Christopher wrote this little booklet, Listen Up, a practical guide to listening to sermons. He may be interested, self-interested as a preacher, of course, but um, it is terrifically helpful. And uh, he starts off comparing two people. If you remember Christopher, he's a very polite man, but anyway, listen to this. Uh, He compares two people, Adam and Beth. Adam couldn't really be doing with sermons. There were lots of things he liked about church, the friends he'd made, the music, not the sermons. He felt he had to put up with those because it would look a bit off if he walked out during the sermon. But they seemed dull. Faced with the choice between Netflix and a sermon... It was a no-brainer. Netflix won. That's Adam. Or Beth. Beth was really looking forward to the sermon. Last Sunday, she'd gone up to the preacher and said, I'm so looking forward to next Sunday. I cannot wait for the next sermon. He looked a bit surprised, pleased. (laughs) But Beth wasn't just being creepy. She really did look forward to the sermon with a sense of eager anticipation She wondered what God was going to say to her. She felt as if someone had told her to expect a telephone call from the most important celebrity. All week it was, she was, as it were, waiting by the phone. So when the sermon started, she was paying close and eager attention. Crystal comments, Beth was right. And Adam was a fool. That's like the rudest I've ever known him. But um, uh, it's very helpful. If If you've never read it, Uh, just take one free, they're by the door. If you've never read it, if you have read it, you need to learn better as well as to listen better. Um, But go and reread it if it's in your home. But the point is, that is what Jesus is saying. This whole chapter, chapter four of Mark, is about listening to the word of God. Because that's how the kingdom of Jesus grows. So we've got two weeks in chapter four. Uh, And this week, look, when the word of God is sown... There are different responses. And next week we'll see when the word of God is sown, the kingdom will grow. It just will. That's how the kingdom grows, when the word of God is sown. But this morning then, when the word of God is sown, there are different 
responses to it. And at this point in Mark's gospel, the, the question I guess is being asked, why don't more people follow Jesus? I mean, you may ask that question yourself sometimes. Why don't, look, if you're a Christian, why don't more people follow Jesus? I mean, the, the, the terms he offers are sensational. Like, everything you've ever done wrong, forgiven. All your sins, forgiven. Great. Heaven, absolutely guaranteed. Brilliant. A life which is full of purpose now, rather than meandering through, what's the point? Guaranteed that the things you do in this life to serve him will last into eternity. Wonderful. And a community of people, diverse, but committed to loving you and and united in the same purpose. What is not to like about that? Why don't more people become Christians? Why are more people following Jesus? And best of all, him. You get to follow him. The, the, one, the only one who's walked this planet perfectly good and is sovereignly in charge of everything and rules everything. And you're on his team. Him. Who, no matter what you do, is committed to love you and take you to be with him in heaven. Him. Who, you know, even the dark times, the valleys, he's still holding your hand in this life and will take you you with him, to be with him forever. Him. Why doesn't everyone see how great it is to be a Christian? I mean, what's their problem? What is your problem? Sorry. Um, Why doesn't everyone see that? That's really, I guess, what Mark is addressing or or how he's recorded his material here in Mark chapter 4 because why are more people following Jesus in Mark's gospel? We're told there's a crowd, but they're a bit flaky. His own blood relations, his family, they think he's out of his mind. You've got the religious teachers, the local ones, the Pharisees, they hate him, they're trying to kill him. Uh, last time, the, 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 um, the bigwigs came down from Jerusalem, they hate him. Why isn't it? But they should know better. And if you remember, it finished with this sort of little tableau at the end of chapter 3. Uh, let me just read verse 31. Jesus' mother and brothers arrived, and they're standing outside. And they sent someone to call Jesus and a crowd was sitting around him and they told him, your mother and brothers are outside. There are some outside the family. But verse 34, Jesus looked around at those seated in a circle inside and said, here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does God's will is my mother and brother and sister. So you have this little tableau at the end of chapter three. Who is Jesus? What's he come for? And there are some who are outside and there are some who are inside. And now Jesus gives his longest teaching block there is here in chapter 13 as well, the two big blocks in Mark. Let me explain why it is that some who should know much better, the religious teachers, they're left out, and some who are surprising. Because do you see at the heart of our reading today, verse 11 of chapter 4, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to those on the outside, everything is said in parables, same language as end of chapter 3. Jesus says, when I speak in parables, and the parable today expands it out to the word of God, the whole of his teaching, when I speak, there's a filter. And how you respond to what I say determines whether you're on the outside or the inside. So, listen. Listen. 
very simple. We're going to look at it like this. Uh, the word is sown, secondly, into four different soils. The point is to listen to the farmer, okay? It's very straightforward. The word is sown into four different soils, so listen to the farmer. First, then, of uh, these three little things. First, then, the word is sown. Let me reread. Chapter 4 and verse 1. Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and set it out on the lake while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. And he taught them many things by parables and in his teaching said, listen, that's what I require. Listen. He tells the parable, come back to that. He finishes it and says, verse 9, whoever has ears to listen, let them listen. Listen to what I'm saying. But the first response we get is from the 12 disciples, verse 10. When he was alone, the 12 and the others said to him, uh, like we're listening, right? Like we don't get it. <laughs> I mean, we're really concentrating. A farmer, you know, soils, you know, like we don't get it. What are you saying? Can you explain it to us, please, Jesus? Now, his response is this, verse 11, we've said it already, but the secret of the kingdom has been given to you, but to those on the outside, everything is in parables. There's a sense in which every time Jesus teaches, every time he speaks, he is sifting people. There's going to be a separation whenever he speaks. Now, we need to understand this rightly, and we'll get a little bit more on it next time. But verses 24 and 25, if you just flick over, essentially what Jesus will say is, when he speaks, it's a use it or lose it principle. Verse 24, consider carefully what you hear. Listen carefully when you listen. He continued, with the measure you use, it will be measured to you and even more. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever doesn't have, what, will, what they have will be taken from them. When I speak, how you respond, some of you have some understanding, and if you listen, you'll gain more. But some of you, when you listen, you'll go, no, I'm not interested. And that's it. The chance will go. It's use it or lose it. In one sense, a principle we're familiar with in lots of areas. Physically, you know, use it or lose it. We all know that. Fitness, you know, you don't go for a run for a while, and you go for a run, uh, or down to the gym, you know, you can't do anything. You use it or lose it. It's true with the musical instrument, whatever it may be. Um, I can't, obviously can't do anything, Lord, what's that? Um, but you don't play for a year, two years, and how many here in this room could say, oh, yeah, I got my grade eight many years ago. Can you play anything now? No, can't play anything anymore. Because if you don't use it, you lose it. It's true of mental agility. I was greatly encouraged in the summer. I read a book, Arthur Brooks, From Strength to Strength. Good book. Um, but essentially, the, 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 the thesis is, in some senses, your mental agility gets better and better and better all the way into your 70s. Not at learning languages, lots of things you're not very good at. But in terms of synthesizing and making decisions, you get better and better and better and better. Uh, no, that's encouraging for those of us who um, are aging a bit. But again, the thing is, you've got to use it. It's use it or lose it. Keep going on those Sudokus, everyone. Keep going, keep going. But that's the spiritual principle that Jesus is setting up here. 
when I speak, you listen and you'll get more. You don't. You'll never understand anything. There's a division every time I speak. You take it, use it or lose it. And it's in that sense that um, uh, verse 12 is the sort of culmination of that path. Here, uh, Jesus is uh, picking up on uh, Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 6, back in the Old Testament, where God had reached such a point of frustration with his people, they never listen, and so now it's too late for them. So uh, in Isaiah 6, they were told, okay, Isaiah, you must preach so that my people may be ever seeing, but never perceiving, ever hearing, but never understanding, otherwise they they might turn and be forgiven. Now, careful. <laughs> this is not, this is not always what happens when a parable is told. That's not Jesus' point. What is being quoted here is a specific moment in Israel's history. They'd had opportunity, they'd listened, they'd listened, they'd rejected, they'd rejected, they would be on the pale at this point. They just shut their ears so far that God says, Enough. This particular case of Isaiah 6, it's quoted twice in the New Testament, uh, John 12 and Acts 28, again, where people are beyond the pale. They've just, they're stubbornly resistant, similar to what we thought about last week, about unforgivable sin. Okay. This is not normative, but if you keep on closing your ears to Jesus' teaching, eventually that's the point that you reach. But the question is, will you listen? And respond. See, the 12 get something very much right here. They say to Jesus, actually, we don't get it. Help. <laughs> they don't say, we don't get it, and yeah, whatever. He's useless. Um, farming illustrations, they, they don't work. Not in our country. He do, they don't reject him. They say, help. Can you help us understand? On this particular story, the explanation comes in verse 13. Oh, that's when it uh, starts. And uh, verse 13, Jesus said to them, don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? Like this is the gateway parable. If you don't get this one, you're stuffed. Because this one is about how are you going to respond to everything else I say? How you, if you don't listen to this one, if you don't get this one, which is all about when I speak, what will you do? The rest of my teachings are a waste of time for you. Okay? This is the most important one to get clear. Will you listen? To me. And as Jesus explained, it's very obviously a parable about how you respond to the Word of God. The Word of God is sown. Verse 14, verse 15, verse 16, verse 17, verse 18, verse 19, verse 20, okay? It's not hard when Jesus tells you what it's about, right? It's the Word of God. What are you going to do when you hear it? Every time you hear my Word, Jesus says, you either move towards me or you move away from me every time. So, without being overly dramatic, while we're gathered here this morning, the word of God is being sown and you either listen and move towards Jesus and listening isn't just a mental comprehension, it's a response. Or you say... No, I'm not interested. Not for me. I'm an Adam, not a Beth. 
The word of God is sown into four different soils. I guess that's the guts of the, uh, this parable, uh, into four very different soils. Now, before we look at them, three little quick little things to say on here. I don't think there's anything, don't push the details of the story too far. So I don't think there's anything here to say that the farmer put a quarter of his grain on a path and a quarter of his grain on bad soil and a quarter on his grain on pretty bad soil and a quarter of his grain in decent soil. Uh, th- that's just like the worst farmer ever. I'm going to sow and I'm going to sow a quarter of my seed on the concrete pathway. No farmer does that. So don't, I don't think we're meant to think it's, it, it, don't push the details us too far on that, I don't think. Secondly, do observe, the farmer doesn't do anything to the soils. This is how he finds them. This is what people are like. He doesn't make them that way in, in this parable. And third, if I can put it in these way, you, you, can, you can clearly, in the wider frame, you can change the sort of soil you are. So end of chapter three, Jesus' mother and brothers are outside You get to the end of Jesus' life, they're inside. They're following him. His brother James becomes the leader of the Jerusalem church. So what you must never do is say, well, I'm a pathway sort of person. Jesus will never have any impact upon me. That's just who I am. No, that's not the point of the parable. The point is, listen, you may at this moment in time be in one of these sort of four places, but you can change. Listen is his point. Four soils. Uh, let's work through them. Uh, first then, verse 15, there's a resistant soil. Can we put in those terms? A resistant soil. Verse 15. Here's the first. Some people are like seed along the path when the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Resistant soil. There are plenty of people who hear about Jesus. It really doesn't have much impact upon them. I think that was me for Almost 20 years of life, it never had any impact at all. Forgive me if if you've heard this before, but I I enjoy this too much to not repeat it. When I was a school teacher uh, uh, for many years, and uh, one of my schools I taught in, I was a sixth form tutor, and so one of the jobs you have come Christmas and the end of the year, you had to assemble reports. So uh, most of the pupils would be doing three or four subjects, and so you get two two, uh, reports from every, six or eight reports, and sixth form, they're meant to be decent teachers at that point, and so they'd write a third to sort of half a side of a four, you know, a, a good chunk of how their dear Mildred or Alfred is doing, whatever it may be. And uh, on one point, one year, I got a report in from a, for a boy called Michael from an English teacher. And he simply wrote, let me get this right. <laughs> oh, that's right. He has enthusiasm. But trying to teach Michael is like trying to plant seed on a cliff of highly polished granite. <laughs> Isn't that the most beautiful put down you've ever heard? Uh, and I had to say to the teacher, that is marvellous. You should teach English, oh, you do. Um, I don't think I can give that to the parents, though. I think they'll want a little bit more than that sort of despair. But that's Jesus' point. Some people are just resistant. They're resistant, they're resistant. They don't want to know. They don't want more. So I guess for those in that sort of category, Jesus' point would be, don't waste the window if, even if you're here this morning thinking, well, I don't know really sure what I think about this, this may be your window. <laughs> and if you let it close and are resistant now, that you just may get hardened and hardened further. There's resistant soil. Secondly, what might we call it, uh, verses 16 and 17, superficial soil maybe? 
verse 16. Others are like seeds sown on rocky places, hear the word, and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they only last a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Because of the word, it's not just talking about the troubles of life, but because of the word. So here is someone who comes to church, hears about Jesus and says, oh, this is brilliant. I love this. Uh, I love the community. Uh, forgiveness sounds great. I'm, I'm, I'm all for this. Uh, yeah, great. Love it. But there's no root, verse 17. There's no depth. It's just froth. So that when difficulty comes, because of the word, they fall away. Later on, even the disciples do that. Uh, but the ref- little reference is down. But in chapter 14, they fall away when Jesus goes, goes on trial because of the word. So the point is, if you're a Christian, you just need to know that if you follow Jesus' teaching, it will bring you trouble at points. you just got to know that. It may be very low level. In a crowd, well, as a Christian, silence. Maybe very low level. Or perhaps increasingly common, one or two would know here um, at work, actually, I can't go along with that unethical financial practice. I can't put my signature to that. I don't think the numbers add up. And they're pushed out of the company. Or at school, I'm afraid I can't. Actually, I can't, I, I can't run with this use of pronouns for primary school kids. I just can't do that. That's not okay. And there's discipline. And Jesus says, you just need to know at times, if you follow my word, that will happen at points. And so deepen your roots, I think will be the implication of that. You've got to deepen your roots. Uh, It made me think uh, a decade or so ago, uh, a bit longer probably, but a a young man here at church, whatever age, 25, he got engaged to to a young woman. She'd been going to a different church all her life. And uh, uh, they were engaged, so she came along here a bit and like, oh, I don't think I can stick this church. Um, I mean, the people are all right, they're, they're fine, but the sermon's a bit long. Um, I mean, don't nod your head at that. <laughs> I will just go for longer. <laughs> and remember what the sermon is about. Um, but she said, sermon's a bit long. And also, to be honest, I'm used to like more, you know, where I go to church, every sermon's upbeat. It's like, yay, we're a Christian, yay. And, and here, some are upbeat, but some are like warnings. I don't want warnings. And some are like challenging. And, you know, it's a bit much. I don't like it. Um, and there's, oh, golly, there's, most of their engagement was, are we going to go here? We're going to go there? Where are we going to go? I don't know. Uh, and then at some point, I don't know what happened, something clicked and we had a, I had a conversation with her and she said, I've been thinking, and um, where I grew up, we were in a big youth group when I was a teenager, GCC, GCSE in, in sixth form, like 30, 40 odd, you know, 20 in my year group. And I look at my year group and I'm the only one who's still a Christian and the rest are nowhere. And I wonder, did we just never have any roots? And so um, I'll endure your length of sermon. 
and um, give thanks for it. Give thanks for it. But she was, she was a complete flip around. She thought, hold on a minute, I, I observed what happened and there's just no root. We need roots. Look, so there's a resistant soil, that on the path, a, a superficial soil, the rocky ground. A third, worldly soil. Verses 18 and 19, still others, worldly soul, still others like seeds sown among thorns, hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. There's a trio, the worries of life, the lies of wealth, the desires for stuff, choke. So these people are unfruitful. I'm not 100%, but I think, I think in Jesus' story, this is meant to be just as bad as the first two. So I think you get three positive responses in verse 20. I think they're meant to uh, balance out the three negative responses until that point. So I think this is just as bad, because no, no farmer just wants his crop just to survive. No farmer looks at his field and says, oh, look, I've got some crops which have survived I mean, not produced any fruit. I can't sell anything, but they've not died. That's just not what you plant, you know, you plant in order to grow. So I think it's, in one sense, just as bad here. But you get this picture. These people, they hear the word. They say, yeah, that's true. They may have heard it for decades. They may have good roots, but they're just choked by this trio the worries of life, the lies of wealth, the desires for stuff. And many of us, I assume, would have seen it in others. You know, zealous when young and then you were just fading away. I would imagine for the majority of this room, this is the part where we ought to think, oh, I just feel mildly uncomfortable because I was, was I more zealous 10 years ago, 20 years ago? You know, oh, come on, you know, you get older and just stuff happens. I mean, you know, there are worries in life, right? Wealth is useful. Other things are of value. Yeah, 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 of course. But are they, see what's happening here? They choke the word, verse 19. So that's the question. For many of us, perhaps, are the worries of life, the lies of wealth, the desires for stuff, just, they choke off how much we respond, we listen and respond to the word of God, just slowly, as we get older and wiser and need more things around us. Just as, is that true? Maybe that's what we need to talk about afterwards. Many of us, not all. What's I mean, we're not there yet. Let's, let's be super polite to one another. None of us are there yet. But were we to be choked, what would it be? What would it be? Maybe ask one another that. The last, last soil is fruitful. So uh, you've got um, uh, uh, these uh, uh, three so far. There's uh, superficial soil. There's worldly soil. There's resistant soil. But this last one is fruitful, verse 20. Others. Others like seed sown on good soil. They hear the word. They accept it. And they produce a crop. See, hearing, there's those two things as well, right? (laughs) You hear, you go, yeah, that's true, and it bears fruit. You grow a crop. 
some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sowed. I, I think there's two little emphases here. Uh, one, there's no uniformity to discipleship. And sometimes you can look around at church and think, well, why is person A absolutely going for it? And person B, I mean, they're okay, but, you know, a bit half-hearted. Why is that? And Jesus says, well, that's just how it is. It'll always be that way. Don't be surprised. But I guess the other emphasis here is there is growth. <laughs> when the word of God is sown and people listen and respond, and they grow, they bear fruit, they bear a crop, there is usefulness for the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. The word is sown into four different soils. So listen. Listen. Mark then has explained why people respond differently to Jesus. There are different soils. Okay? So be aware of that. Expect that. Don't be surprised that people respond differently. Okay. But for you and me this morning, it's a bit more direct. Listen. Listen and accept, and a crop will come. Listen. That's our responsibility. None of these responses of these four are set in stone. As I say, Jesus' family, they move from outside to inside. The disciples at this point, they're going well, but then they fall away, then they come back again. It's not defining there are four types of people in this world. and It's saying people respond in different ways. Now what are you going to do with that information? If you hear me rightly, says Jesus, you will listen, accept, produce a crop. Listen to him. So that's what we do. We listen to him, the one who makes us fruitful. Strike is that these four soils, you can think Jesus enables each and every one of them to respond differently, I guess. You could say a pathway, the seed on the pathway. Jesus is the one who resisted Satan so that you could hear the word of God. Do listen to him. There's seed that's sown on the rocky ground. Well, Jesus is the one who endured the persecution of this world, persecution all the way to the cross, so that you might never fall away. Seed that fell upon the thorny ground. Well, Jesus is the one who was choked by a crown of thorns, so that you might never be and good soil. Jesus is the seed who dies. <laughs> He's buried in the ground. And his church is the fruit that that produces. So you look at him. Listen to him. That's what we need to do. It's very simple. Listen to him. Be fruitful. Bear a crop. Let's pray together. Our great God and Father, our simple prayer in response to you, the God who wonderfully speaks, is that you would enable us, help us to listen. Father, would we take our responsibility in that properly, appropriately? Would we listen so that we uh, are not choked so we don't fall away, so we're not resistant, but bear a wonderful crop. We're useful. 
we are fruit in the kingdom of the Lord Jesus. Father, help us to listen, to accept and produce a crop, we pray.